0: Welcome to Progression Lab, I'm your host Hansel McCoy. At Progression Lab, we dive into proven techniques for better creative solutions. Here we tap into the insights of academic research, creative experts, and the industry around us to help you become a more effective problem solver. My mission is to inspire positive change by guiding you to the tools that you need to find creative solutions and to drive exceptional performance. I have a really practical interview today with Nicola Kleiman, a HR and talent consultant and co-founder of Your People Associates. On this episode, we explore starting a HR and talent consultancy and the entrepreneurship within recruiting behind that, how recruiting and talent acquisition is changing, the future and some emerging trends within recruiting, recruiting mistakes that companies fall down on, how all of these factors compare across companies of different sizes, and we also touched on what it's like finding good leaders from a recruiter's perspective. perspective nicola is an inspiring entrepreneur and someone who definitely knows her stuff about hr and recruiting and you can't develop the best solutions without the right team and so i hope you enjoyed this episode and to find out more about what we do at progression lab please go to www.progressionlab.co.uk all right now let's start off with her experience
1: From my background originally I actually worked in marketing and um, I worked for some really nice brands in the house and I was also lucky enough to work for some great creative agencies as well and um, that kind of really gave me that early passion for creativity sort of early in my career.
0: Yeah. I
1: then was invited actually to to become um, a recruitment consultant within the creative and marketing industry. So yeah. I took that up and um, found actually that I really enjoyed meeting lots of people working with clients really helping them to find you know the right types of people for their businesses and the sort of interest for that and the success around it really grew and that kind of then morphed for me into a kind of talent attraction role and I've been very entrepreneurial I guess in my career as well and I've managed now this is my third business I've set up
0: Wow. I mean, I've got to say there there are so many different levels to that. So you started marketing in-house, then you started working in like marketing agencies. Then you went into a, a recruitment consultant role, which I want to know more about because I've got no idea what recruitment consulting is. So firstly, I suppose, what is recruitment consulting? I, I imagine it's like telling businesses what kind of people they need, right?
1: So actually a recruitment consultant role for me back then was actually companies would come to us and they would say, well, we need a graphic designer or we need a marketing manager or perhaps a PR specialist. So I worked right across that creative and marketing mix Mm -hmm. and companies would come, they would brief us with their roles and then we would go out to the market and we would find those people we would obviously like interview a raft of people and narrow down the right shortlist for that company and then the company you know gets presented with the candidates they interview those people and then hopefully they make a hire from your your shortlist and and as a recruitment consultant you then get paid for obviously placing people in in that that company and then set up a business doing that so I ran a recruitment agency business for 10 years doing that uh, wow. until about eight years ago actually so I've been doing different things in the last eight years.
0: So, so what was what was the first business that you've ever started?
1: So that was the recruitment agency business was my first business yeah.
0: Okay and after that what was the second I'm interested in like your entrepreneurial like journey I suppose.
1: Yeah so last year I had a bit of a mad crazy idea and um, I've been interested in sort of interior design and art and, and different things for a while now and mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to set up an e-commerce business I guess as a passion project more than anything um, sort of selling um, homewares, gifts, art, it's called A Bear and the Unicorn.
0: Would you say that your experience in recruitment has helped your experience in, you know, building your own business as well? Or would you say that it was a completely different learning curve?
1: The thing, it's a learning journey for me in the e-commerce world because it's not a world I know. And, um, you know, I'm I'm finding I'm learning new skills as I go. But Mm. one part I think of, of me and my kind of background and things I enjoy Uh, is learning new things and kind of constantly growing and and developing those skills. In the lockdown this year, I've been lucky enough as well to train as a business coach for Mm. a company called Oric. And I think that's where, you know, having that foundation of um, experience has has helped. We went on um, a journey this year and in April we set up an HR and talent consultancy. And that's kind of what keeps me busy day to day.
0: So right now, What you're focusing on is you you have the HR and talent consultancy. Um, You've now trained as a business coach with Auric. And you also have the, um, the e-commerce business as well, which is something that you, you're passionate about, but it's on the sidelines. Uh, is that what takes up like your time at the moment?
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Wow, it's so different. busy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, the lockdown has certainly helped me this year in that respect, but I have have had some time. For me, it's a positive that's come out of, of the pandemic.
0: Definitely, I mean, where would you say, where would you say your drive comes from? The, the passion for learning does it come from the passion for the for the businesses that you're running um wh- where would you say that that drive really comes from for you
1: um, i think like my inner sort of like drive i mean i i had some tough experiences in my sort of 20s and i think mm. that that really shaped my strength and resilience and kind of that's where my i think real inner strength and drive comes from. But in terms of like the businesses and the creativity, I think when you're quite an entrepreneurial sort of character or creative, actually establishing those new things and getting something off the ground, it's just really exciting, actually. And I think that's what drives you is because you see something developing I guess it's, if I could have an analogy, I guess it's a bit like baking a cake, isn't it? You kind of put all the ingredients together and, you know, you, you kind of mix it all up and you, you want it to look and taste and smell great. And, you know, it, it's just getting everything together and then seeing the outcome of, of that. You know, we're on a journey with the, this latest business and it is exciting and it's evolving all the time. You know, we're reiterating as we go. And, you know, it's it's been great as well actually as i said this year to just have a focus as well yeah you know i yeah. think it's been a tough year for for everyone and actually having something to really dig in and focus on has certainly really helped me
0: wow i i really do see that i see i see i definitely see a lot of resilience um but then i also see the journey the journey as well the journey has led you to a point right now where you, you do have that focus um, and it's definitely showing as well Um, Particularly on resilience, I think like, um, you know, recently, just yesterday, actually, I released an episode on that very topic, creative resilience. And I feel like it's something that all business owners, everyone who's running a business, everyone who works in a business needs right now more than ever. Um, It's not the ability to say everything's fine, it's the ability to appreciate that there will be adversities along the way um, and there, there, there will be setbacks, but it's your ability to drive through that and see the greater goal, right?
1: yeah absolutely 100 percent. i mean i think you know there's um a graph i think that i've seen quite a few times now you sort of see this curve of upward growth in a business but actually then someone draws the real graph and it's just like this messy image yeah stuff (laughs) stuff that happens and stuff yeah you have to like get over and get past and and move forward and you know, like you might think, right? We need to do it this way, but actually, then you speak to a whole bunch of clients, and you're like, actually, no, that's not what the market needs. So we need mm. to re, you know, adapt to that or look at offering something different. And particularly at the moment, I mean, it's like an a absolute moving feast because you know businesses that you know they they're uncertain at the moment because they don't know what's coming next down the track.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so speaking about, you know, what businesses need, how does talent consulting really work? I, I want to get an idea for for the industry and and like really what goes into it.
1: Any company is only as good as its people. And mm. that's actually the only USP that you will ever have. You know, you can have two businesses doing exactly the same thing but the people that are within those businesses will be different, right? And it's like the people that you can get on your your bus, as they say, so you've got to have the right people on the right bus going in the right direction to make a good business work. I think anything what we call around the people life cycle, and in um, that people life cycle, if you think about it like this, Hansel, there's like, we have like four pillars, which is attract, so how you attract the people, Yeah. Higher, uh, you know, essentially how you hire them, engage and retain those people. So engagement can be around kind of like motivation, development, and um, and retaining will be definitely around sort of career development and sort of performance management and you know benefit structures. Um, you know what you offer as an employer. Yeah, that, that's essentially what we do as a talent consultancy.
0: You know, in in my experience personally, and I don't know how many other people listening to this will agree, but I think that companies typically do a fantastic job on the first three. Like they do a really good attract. They do a really good job attracting people with a lovely, you know, things are great on the outside. You know, the the hiring process sometimes it's seamless. You know, you get to understand who, what your managers are actually like. And that engagement, sometimes there are lots of perks, but I feel like where a lot of companies, particularly in digital, fall down on is the retention side of things. Um, Is that something that you would agree with?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I wholeheartedly agree that all companies are good on the attract side, but um, they definitely Uh have got better. Um, And I think a lot, as you say, a lot of emphasis has gone into that over the last few years, because you know, before the... the the sort of pandemic you you would hear companies talk a lot about like the war for talent and that Mm -hmm. kind of really pushed companies to to start to actually smarten up in those areas I think and to start telling a story of you know what it was like to come and work for us and what can you expect and who are we and what's our vision and you know that's kind of formed the employer branding you know um, and that's really segmented you know cemented that i think but there's still companies i think that can be a lot better at that as well and really recognize that that's important um and yeah to your point i mean i think yeah sometimes when uh, someone's in place you know they may not also be onboarded like we talk a lot about onboarding in our industry as well and that's where someone joins your business and what experience you give them from Mm. day one And actually, there's a lot of statistics that say if onboarding is poor, then actually that person will not, you know, they'll probably leave within quite a short space of time. Um, So I think, yeah, the retention actually starts from day one. Mm. And people tend to think, well, retention starts when someone's been with you a little while, but that's really not the case. You know, you need to start someone on their journey of working with you. Um, right from when well, you know, as as soon as really pretty much the offer goes out and then that their job their journey with you starts then.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that it really does start also with the recruiter that you're using, because that person is representing the company. It's, I think the, the approach that recru- that recruiters take needs to strike a very delicate balance, really, between being honest about the challenges and you know, the ambitions of the company, but then also making it enticing enough for the best talent to be interested, right?
1: Yeah. Again, I agree. And I think you're right, particularly when you're using an external recruitment agency, maybe that they feel the need, obviously, to sell that role because, mm. you know, they essentially, I mean, I've had to recruit agency, I know, how it works. They essentially get paid for putting a person into that, that, that role. But I think, mm. you know, they, if they're really good at their job, and, you know, the same as an in house recruiter, they will paint an authentic picture. And they will, yeah. you know, they will find as well the right type of person that is going to suit that culture and exactly where that company is in, in that moment, because companies ebb and flow, like anything, like we said earlier, you know, business isn't straightforward. So companies can go through highs and lows. I mean, you may remember a couple of years ago, there was a lot of bad press around working for Amazon and yeah. you know, they, they really had to clean up their act because these days, you know, your brand is on show 24 seven and what there's been a lot of research in this because um, it's it's a really interesting um, thing now. We all live in like a really you know consumer society. There's a, there's a very sort of blurred line now between being a consumer of a business and actually being an employee. So um, take Virgin um, for example. A lot of people have. So who would you love to work with? A lot of people pick Virgin, don't they? Mm-hmm. And Virgin need to, to make sure that their consumer game is as strong as it ever was because they, they use that brand all the time to attract their talent.
0: Mm-hmm. And if
1: actually they do something wrong or, you know, they've got a, a, a sort of poor reputation, that's actually going to turn people off wanting to work for them. And, and they use, if you get ever get on a Virgin plane, you'll see they use that as a channel to attract you know you, you know when you watch the little videos when you, you, you sort of sit down and um, mm. before the flight takes off you'll see there's actually recruitment videos playing on a virgin plane
0: yeah. so
1: you know you, you kind of have to make sure that you know also that it works the other way around so if you've got people working for you and they're having a bad experience obviously they can go to social media and they can say you know not great here as as they did with amazon and, and other companies um and suddenly then that can affect you know sales share prices and and all sorts so you know we have to be very mindful now that we are creating you know a good environment for people and that we're offering the best that we can with what we have. And that isn't always perfect. And it's important that when you're hiring, that you are saying, actually, this is how it is, and these are the things that we need to do to put that right. And I think if then, as you say, you're clear and transparent, someone knows what they're getting themselves into.
0: Absolutely. I imagine the recruitment, the recruitment style of large companies really does need more attention than the smaller companies is that something that you've seen as well like larger companies needing to really really try harder
1: yeah and i I think to your point there as well like i mean that where you've got i guess differences across the business obviously you do get that you know you get departmental challenges or issues that might be going on and and that's obviously really down to a really great leadership team trying to pull together but it's not say you're not always going to have 100% harmony across a business. And, you know, you might have com- you know, different departments that might be stretched more than others or they may have lost, you know, uh, a head of or something like that. And, you know, then that can have a, a detrimental impact. Or But, you know, the leadership team needs to pull together, there needs to be one voice, one vision. And I think over the last few years, again, there's been a lot of emphasis in companies I think small and large, looking at that, looking at where they're going and how they all sort of like, as I said earlier, get on the same bus going in the same direction. And, you know, it's definitely important to do that so that there can be one voice across the company. Because what you don't want is all 10 different voices or 20 different voices, just because we're different departments doing different jobs. You want to be saying the same things and giving someone the same experience as much as you can.
0: How hard is it do you feel it is to find good leaders? How hard is it to find you know, excellent leaders, those people who are going to have values that echo throughout the entire company. Um, Because I, I think a lot of people, a lot of us have leadership traits, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be good leaders. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously you've recruited plenty of leaders in the past. Have they been difficult to find?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've all worked probably for good and bad leaders. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, there's some people that you absolutely like feel inspired by and, you know, want to do your absolute best for. And then there's other people that you just think, God, oh, you know, what, what, what's going on here where, you know, cultures can be toxic or, or whatever. And I, I think there's two things there. Yes, like finding the right people and good people, it, it can be challenging. Um, And especially at that level, you know, people come with a lot of experience. They also come with a lot of baggage sometimes. Um, But a lot of that comes down to, as well, the development that those leaders have had and, you know, how much emphasis that someone might have put into that or, you know, what opportunities they've had for development and training and, you know, honing skills, keeping up to date with best practice You know, and sometimes that's really hard because sometimes the day job can literally take over and there isn't time for that. Other times companies won't invest in that. I mean, I've been lucky enough that I've worked for myself probably half of my career and I have always set aside, I guess, time, money um, and, and sort of, like coming back to the drive I guess of making sure that you know I am constantly learning and I I am able to surround myself as well with people that are you know potentially a lot more successful than I am because you know I'm always wanting to to get better at what I'm doing and I think companies that take that philosophy and there's some really great ones out there that do they form and, and create brilliant leaders you know
0: it's something that we should think about as individuals as well who are we surrounding ourselves with you know um i I believe that your personal network the people who you reach out to um the people who you connect with and the relationships that you nurture you know have a huge impact on on that like how you perceive what you're doing but also how people who don't know you perceive what you're doing i certainly think that when you're working for a company you know the 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 inspiration, the attitude of the the people around you has a huge impact on everybody. And so, you know, more and more you're seeing companies think more about the values of the people that they're hiring rather than just the, the role itself. Um, and so I wanted to ask you a bit about that as well. I wanted to ask you about the way recruitment might be changing. What do you think? What do you think is happening right now that's different to what was happening ten years ago in recruitment?
1: So yeah, so it's interesting actually. You sort of pick the ten-year period because I think eight to ten years ago there was definitely a big shift that I saw. Um, and that was happening in the the world, I guess. Driven largely from from the States, I guess, the movement was probably earlier than that. But definitely a shift to moving things like recruitment functions, things more in-house. And that industry now has really grown and grown. I mean, you take companies like... Facebook, Google—you know the big kind of tech giants. Even like you know your sort of big four consultancies—they have huge teams of in-house recruiters now. And within those those functions, you've now got that broken down into you know talent attraction and talent acquisition, and you know the the employer brand. There's different roles now within the talent teams themselves as well. And I think that's also sparked off massive investment into HR tech it's now a multi-billion pound industry and there's now some you know some amazing tools out there that can equip both sort of small and large companies with that ability to attract and then source and and hire the the best talent that they can so yeah i think that's a a huge shift we've also seen as well a massive emphasis put on culture building it you know really great employee value propositions and, you know, what benefits companies might offer, you know, the, you will have heard the phrase, I'm sure, before the last six months, over and over that, you know, we're competing on the war for talent. You know, there yeah. was definitely huge talent shortages out there before before COVID hit. So, you know, companies really did have to significantly up their game, really.
0: Definitely. I do. I, I have definitely seen in the companies that I've worked in, you know, you know, talent acquisition teams growing more and more. And not just that, but the recruiters themselves really creating their own personal brands as well. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen this as well. You know, you see more and more people's faces when you go on LinkedIn. More and more people, you know, really, really trying to pitch the role as much as they're pitching themselves. I'm the person you want to be talking to. This is me talking. You already know me. You know, and it's, it's feeling more personal now than it has ever before.
1: Yeah, 100%. And you, you, you've you got, like, t- um, influencers in that world, you mm. know, the likes of Bill Borman and, uh, you know, like, Chat for Talent and people like that. You know, you have these great influencers in the talent space now that are really helping, driving that. And, mm. you know, there's some brilliant sort of, like, podcasts and blogs and things out there that you can follow and, you know, get, much you know really adopt best practice and get more creative with this stuff it's moved from a a sort of war for talent for a war for jobs that really doesn't mean that a company can slack off you know doing all of these things that they've been doing yeah because i think candidates more than ever at the moment as much as they might want a job and they need a job They really want somewhere that fits them. And I think they want somewhere where they particularly feel like a level of security, maybe. Or maybe they're looking at a moment to see how has a company acted and what have they done towards their employees, you know, in this really difficult time. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really great benchmark to, to show, well, what's it going to be like if I join this business? Like, how how did they go about treating their employees when kind of, you know, the shit hit the fan kind of thing? And I, I think that's going to be something that, Candidates are definitely looking for. There's some real great, great stories out there, but there are certainly some bad ones as well.
0: I was just gonna say, like, I feel like if that's gonna be the metric, then so many companies will be falling down. And like, you know, there's definitely been some crazy stories. Um, you know, I, I think like the worst kind of stories are when you hear, you know, you know, people at the bottom of the food chain taking salary cuts and losing their jobs, and people, people at the top of the food chain you know, um, making, making more, making more money than ever. This kind of rhetoric is, is exactly what, what companies really need to be avoiding, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I mean, as much as it's in their control, I think, you know, there, there have been obviously real difficulties and where companies literally overnight have had to sh- shift, change, you know, like adapt and, that, you know, that hasn't yeah. been easy for a lot of companies and some, some businesses were, you know, it was much easier for them to do that than others, you know, some companies already had, you know, um, tech set up and the right working environment and other companies have struggled, you know, to keep their teams motivated or engaged and so you know it, it, i think the last six months have been a massive you know like game changer in so many ways it's kind of pushed the strengths and highlighted the weaknesses and we're seeing the fallout of that now that's why we're you know we're seeing so much about mental health in in the press at the moment and mm. you know some people love working from home but some people are really isolated within that yeah and you know we worked actually we did a really nice um a webinar a few months back now with the Society of Occupational Medicine and their sort of senior lecturer and, and, and chief exec and we we put together a really fantastic toolkit with them in terms of how to bring your teams safely back into the workplace or how to look after people when they're remotely and the things to consider and mm. the things that you should be doing in order to make sure that you know you're providing the, the best experience within the circumstances and I think that's the thing to remember that everything isn't perfect right now and people are doing the best that they can given with what they've got.
0: Absolutely. In fact, um, if, you, if you send me a link to that, I'll, uh, I'll put it in the show notes so that the people listening now um we can go and give that a listen as well with the, with the society of occupational medicine
1: yeah it's on our website um it's on the blog um so Amazing. You can, and um it's on it's on youtube <laughs> so yeah you can pick up that and uh, we also have like if anyone's interested we have copies of the toolkit that um it's free you know it's free to download so go ahead and do that and there's some great templates and tools in there that can that can help you if, if you know because not everyone has gone back to work and i think next year we still start to see people kind of steadily drift back perhaps to the workplace mm-hmm. so you know that the, the, the toolkits there and it's, it's still really relevant even now
0: so i want to talk a little bit about your people associates i want to talk a little bit a little bit about um how this company fits in to you know this this whole industry of talent and recruitment that we've been talking about Um, what is the focus here?
1: I guess we came together, like, um, we set up the business in April, which was kind of like literally in the middle of the the first sort of lockdown. You know, myself and Ian, who's my business partner, we we came together and we, we kind of felt that we really wanted to create something that there was like a real depth of understanding around this people life cycle. We wanted to be able to give a really personal service you know, there are a lot of HR providers out there where it's, you know, it's, it is all very much, it's perhaps a call center environment, it's templated. Mm. Or, and equally, you know, there's some, also some amazing you know, HR consultants. You know, we have got some really good people in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we've got around you know, 20 years' experience plus each <laughs> working in this HR and talent field, and we complement each other really well. He's got amazing, like corporate experience, and he's run really large scale projects. And I've, on the other side, worked with much more agile kind of creative um, agencies, tech companies, SMEs. Mm-hmm. So you know, we kind of bring, I think, a really good skill set together. We really want to be able to sort of hold the hand of a company, whether that's right at the start of their journey or whether they are a big company and, you know, they're having to implement change at pace or they're looking at opportunity for growth. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're a nation of entrepreneurs in the UK. Apparently, someone was telling me yesterday, I got, like, was really lucky enough to speak to two amazing entrepreneurs yesterday, and um, they were saying to me it's been an absolute record year in terms of business startups in the UK, which... Yeah. I don't. I don't think we're hearing enough about. You know, we're bouncing back after the the, the pandemic. We are. The Brits, the Brits are strong, as stronger than ever as usual, and I, I think you know that is what will bring the company back around. And you know, we want to be there helping companies, as I say, starting on that journey, or whether you know that they've they've had to make a shift change and they need help and support. We offer outsourcing services, and we've been lucky enough over the last sort of five, six months, to build up what we, uh, you know, have like almost like a, a black book now, if you like, of a network of amazing HR and talent associates. You know, they come from different specialist backgrounds within the field, and that means we can sort of flex around any project, we can kind of put the right team of those associates together, and whether that's to deliver, you know, a really complex employee relations um, mm issue or it's setting up like you know to say a learn development program we've got the right people that we can kind of pull together as as the team to to help to do that and it means that companies you know they can bring on their support when they need it and they you don't have to necessarily hire those people in and have them on the the headcount permanently because they may not need that
0: so your people associates brings kind of a personal bespoke and, and an experienced approach to working with you know startups and and some of these small businesses because we live in this you know this nation of entrepreneurs as you mentioned to really find the right people when it comes to uh, recruitment outsourcing Uh, have i summarized it in a in an effective way am i on the am i on the right lines
1: yeah i mean so you've you've got kind of the nub of that so we help with you know finding people and Mm. recruiting but we also help with the much wider kind of hr Issues and, and opportunities. So, so whether that's le- learning and development, employee relations, mm. bit of HR strategy, maybe day-to-day management of the people. You know, some some companies aren't big enough to have an HR team in place. So we have associates that can be on a part-time basis helping those companies. And then for the corporates, you know, we offer project-based uh, work around HR services there as well so yeah i think you know because we've got this wide network of associates it means that we can bring in people at the the right level with the right industry background um, and with the right experience and skill set to, to pretty much do any project within the life cycle you know of it of your employees
0: wow well i, I can't i can't say uh, how how needed I can imagine that service is for for a lot of small businesses I mean I've worked in small and large digital agencies and definitely when you're a small digital agency you haven't really you, you don't really have the talent to really invest in talent um, your people associates so your people that's that's where really that's where the name came from it came from you know we're focused on your people right
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much says what it does on the tin, right?
0: Yeah. Did, yeah. did you name it? Did you come up with the name?
1: Uh, Yeah, we did. Yeah. Amazing. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And actually, it, it, it kind of came really easily. So, you know, as you say, it was just literally what's our focus is our focus is on your people, essentially. Mm. And then the associates part is obviously bringing, bringing about the business model, which is, you know, putting together these amazing associates the way we work i mean we're not a recruitment agency as such we work as an extension to the in-house function
0: amazing well i can i can as i said i really do see the value in what you're in what you, you know what you guys do um and i want i want everyone listening to be able to find all of the amazing resources that you have available as well um uh, you mentioned that you guys have a blog as well, right? Is that where all of your resources are available?
1: Yeah, so we have a blog on the website, which is um, it's your people like dot associates, and yeah, they'll find sort of downloads and resources on there. And um, we're also building, actually, um, an amazing e-learning platform, which, um, you know, is it's a little bit slower than we would have liked, but it's been like a busy time this last six months, kind of getting the business off the ground and managing the client projects at the Absolutely. same time. Um, but this um, e-learning resource, we're hoping, will be sort of finished by spring, and there'll be like 20, 30 courses on there, which will be all around helping in-house recruitment and HR managers and and similarly business owners if they don't have the HR function in-house.
0: I think the education around this whole field, even though, as you mentioned, there are a lot of podcasts and great influences in the space, there is still a lot of learning, a lot of space um, for development here. And so, you know, companies like yours and people like you, I can definitely see having a positive impact on that.
1: Oh, thanks. I mean, it's really great to have your support and, um, you know, to be asked to to chat today and, you know, you're doing something really exciting as well. And I think, you know, let's um, hope that 2021 is, uh, is a better year for everyone and that we can really, you know, start to grow these, these businesses that we've started.
0: Absolutely. Um, I suppose only time will tell, but for now, thank you so much for jumping on this podcast with me. Um, and yeah, like I'll link to everything, everything that was mentioned here um, in the description below, um, and people will be, be able to find you on LinkedIn as well, right?
1: Uh, yeah, so my name's uh, as I say, Nicola Kleinman, and yep, they can track me down and hopefully connect on LinkedIn.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thank you for listening in, guys.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Hansel.
0: Thank you so much for listening in to this episode. And if you have any thoughts, please drop me a message at Wednesday at progressionlab.co.uk or simply leave me a comment in the discussion below. I've left the link to Nicola Kleinman's LinkedIn in the show notes and all of the resources we mentioned all in the show notes if you'd like to look at those. And if you're interested in using creativity to transform your business, please head on over to www.progressionlab.co.uk. For now, thank you for listening in and I'll see you on the next episode.